Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. And today is a, a little bit different. Um, you would have seen on the on New Year's Day that there was the the story that was breaking for uh everybody uh in the UK um around the whole post office scandal, uh what's been dominating the, the headlines. So today we've got a guest with us who's gonna be able to just give their account in terms of what happened and how this um, whole fiasco and this farce basically and affected him and uh, the, the family around it and the people around him as well. Um, for for those who, who don't know or probably listen from uh, around the world, uh, you know, believe it or not, we get listeners from just outside the UK or people who watch this. I'll just give you a kind of a brief uh, synopsis of what I've understood to to kind of happen. So at this moment in time, the Horizon Post Office scandal, and this is in early January 2024, has been described as the biggest miscarriage of uh, justice in the, in British history with over 700 wrongful convictions. So on New Year's Day, as I was just mentioned earlier, a, a TV programme broke on ITV and basically explained the story of uh, the post office scandal and how people have moved and took it, take, taken it to court and it took you up to a certain point. So today we're going to just give it a little bit uh, of uh, in-depth from there. So the guy who was heading that up was um, was a gentleman called Alan Bates. And it was Alan Bates and Postmasters who took the post office to court and won. So a bit of context now. In 1990, uh, ICL Pathway, which was a subsidiary of Fujitsu, so that's like a, a mini company within another organisation, uh, built this software called Horizon. And the idea of that was to have, when people were getting their benefits, uh, was to be paid via this kind of swipe card. Now, earlier on in that process, people realized that this software wasn't working very well. And so the DWP um, now, so that's the Department of Working Pensions, basically rejected it. But the post office went ahead and said, yeah, this will work for us. So in 1999 and the year 2000, this is where sub postmasters. So sub postmasters are are the people who who run a kind of a franchise of the post office. Started reporting problems, and they were getting accused of stealing money because on their system losses started to appear that um, it, you know the money wasn't uh, um, counting up or coming through. Uh, a helpline was then made, so they knew it was up to a point that a helpline had to be made, and they didn't disclose that there was a lot of people facing this. And when people were uh, ringing up, it was, they were saying that it was only just one person. You're by yourself. It's just, it's just your problem at this bit. And then switched it on them by accusing them of stealing or doing fraud or doing dodgy accountancy. And then 
where people couldn't pay back those losses, which they didn't incur themselves, they took them to court and prosecuted them. And some people actually uh, went into uh, went to prison. So the post office, because of an old statute law, didn't really need to have police investigations done at that time. And they were able to take it to court and prosecute. So some were uh, over overturned, but the post office, in essence, had virtually no evidence. Um, in fact, there was a guy called My Michael Lingdon who's in this ITV drama um, who worked for the post office, actually went to the Fujitsu headquarters in, in, uh, in the UK and actually realised that workers at Fujitsu could actually overturn and mess around remotely for the figures on the, on the Horizon software. So then this the, the, the gentleman I mentioned before, Alan Bates, he he coordinated with 550 other postmasters uh, a new alliance uh, a group basically being for, uh, being supported by a bunch of lawyers who were getting some investors of uh, of organizations to kind of support them um and they were um they actually kind of joined up with this this group called second sight lawyers who in effect um helped win the case but there were still convictions going up going up until 2015 and the judge at that point turned around and actually accused the the post office of actually being um evil now where this comes to and where we're going to kind of go back and forth within this was that the law firm actually won 58 million pounds um and that was the 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 actual sum however they had to pay 47 million back to those investors of that that law firm so in essence the 550 people who, who were with the Mr. Bates actually got £20,000 uh, worth of compensation. But when you consider that the people are having their reputations, families destroyed, suicides, um, it, no amount of money is going to be enough to bring those people back or the pain and the embarrassment that they suffered. Um, and it's culminated in, in this week, which is um, around the 10th of January, where the the ex CEO uh, Paula Reynolds, who was uh, supporting, who actually got a, 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 a honors of the charity work and support for the the work she did within within the post office, actually had her honors uh, stripped off, and Rishi Sunak at this point had uh, fast tracked a law to help exonerate those wrongful con uh, convictions and speed up a a compensation package um, at this bit. And now we are facing um, Fujitsu and the post office being taken to court for potential fraud um, as well. So I know I've said quite a lot there and I just want to give you a bit of a context of the story. But I want to bring it down into a personal story of somebody who was actually affected and part of this process and his family was part of this process. So today, without further ado, welcome to Anka Sandu to the Bandwagon Podcast. Thank you. What did you say? Okay, you know, from in terms of what I've just said, there was that was that was that kind of summarised. Okay, to this point, yeah, I say to this point because each person's experience varied, and it seems that listening to the investigator uh, that was on the select committee yesterday, the select committee of the public hearing yesterday, he seemed to highlight that each case was justified because slightly different, or each sub postmaster was doing something different to try and justify his investigations. And then when I'm looking at our examples, this week in particular, I've never really given it much bandwidth to sit down and really think about things. 
And this week, me and mum have sat down and we've had a conversation and looked over what used to happen in the past. We just looked at each other and thought, this has happened to us. And it's like that epiphany, like, so we kind of knew it could have. Over the years, you keep putting it in, you keep correcting it. And when we spent the whole week just trying, trying to find where I know we've put it in, records I've kept, things that predate my dad's passing before I took over the family business, which are a bit harder, but we've got a rough figure in our heads. I'm, not, I'm, I'm still working through it now. Mm. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's just the start, I think. The program's helped bring a lot of people. Yeah. So, were you before the before the program or before it became too kind of attention? When you're just tell us a little bit about life working within the post office as a family, and then we'll we'll kind of make our way to the. So it started a year actually. So in the early nineties, a another family in our village had the post office. They were retiring, so they approached mum. Back then, they said, do you want it in your shop? Mum and dad said, yes, because back then, it was a thing. If they're offering it here, it, and then it was a good salary to add into the shop. And it all, for years, it went well. And then obviously, we had a couple of issues along the way. Generally, it went well. So we had an old postmaster who worked for the post office, who came over to work for us part-time. Then we had another guy came and worked for us. And we, we've all, at some point in the family, worked in the post office, in the shop, in around the business, and it's always been a part of us. And then over the years, when more issues were occurring, it started to cause problems within the family, unfortunately. And as children, I can remember specifically mum and dad either arguing about it, not talking for days or weeks on end, because dad saying, well, mum saying to dad, it's not balancing. They're at work till one, two o'clock in the morning trying to balance. The staff member's been there, he's got to be paid. Trying to figure out what's going wrong and why it keeps happening. So eventually, Dad's got to give Mum the money to balance it because you can't not balance it. So you'd balance. And then how how many times that happened over the years is kind of what we're trying to get ahead around to figure out the total amount. But that went on for years. And then when I took over from Dad, I've had myself, I was managing the shop and the store and the post office at the same time. It happened to me a couple of times as well. So it's just trying to reconcile it. What's his problems? Because you're looking at other people around you. And dad would have looked at mum and dad would have looked at mum and thought, well, what are you doing? Either the staff are taking it, you're ta- someone's taking it, because you, you're trusting the system's going to be right. And I've done the same thing. I've looked at the staff. I've looked at mum and thought, what the hell's going on here? So I, I went to work on Monday and apologised and said, like, I didn't realise how much this could have impacted. So it's caused tension and friction over the years. I just want to go back to, so your dad, so just trying to, like, drill it down for us in terms of the basics then. So your dad, you you, you would do a day's taking or something like that, right? Yeah. And then your mum and dad would be in the, the post office in terms of accounting. So what would they be looking at a system to tell you what the actual price was? Is that uh, what the balance was? Yeah, so before Horizon, it was an old-fashioned accounting software in MS-DOS. That was bomb-proof. To the, to the penny, never any issue. Over to Horizon, daily and weekly, you'd be balancing. And then woman the, and the guy that she worked with from the post office would balance, go to dad and say, well, this is the shortfall now. And that's what was happening. So each week, so my dad never actually worked in, in the post office. Mum did all that. But she'd be balancing with her staff 
periodically they'll be looking at each other and asking and, and it used to be and it's every Wednesday we used to have to roll over. So you'd have to declare to the post office, this is what the issue is, or this is your balance. Penny up, penny down, ten pound up, ten pound, that kind of thing. But it's, that's just recon, that, that was a reconciliation of the stock you've got, the stock you sold, the money you should have left, all all all, all correlated in that one place was the horizon system. And then was it pretty early on that from from what you remember as obviously because you're much so our so, so our main issue happened in the first month we had horizon. So in the old days, the post office would give you uh so mum was appointed the postmistress, they gave us somebody from the post office to buddy up with her and to train her. She then employed somebody else who was recommended to her who was a postmaster from somewhere else. So they worked together for two or three weeks. And in the first week, not a problem. Came to balance, it was a little bit short. Bloke from the post said, not a problem, don't worry about it, just roll it over, we'll see what happens next week. Come to the third week, it was showing a discrepancy of £97,000. So mum rang up the helpline, spoke to the post office, somebody came the following day, corrected the system, and off you went. So when I'm talking to people, I'm saying we're one of the lucky ones. So from that point, we didn't really give it any thought, any credence, and then we didn't think about it till it started to come out years later what was happening to other people about the smaller amounts we've been putting in over the years. But the main one was from the first month we had it. So from when we had it, that could have been us. Luckily, thank God it wasn't us. But that's our example then. And if they did that then, how many other people did they do that for? And if you are able to disclose, do you know roughly how much it like how much the balances were then? So, so after that first month, it was 97,000 discrepancy. No, first... So, hang on, let me just read that. The, the difference between the balance and what was going on, right, was there was a gap of nearly £100,000. That was by week three. This okay. is right in the beginning. So, okay, let me just get this right then, right? So, there's a discrepancy of nearly a hundred grand. Yeah. And there's only two, three workers within there, right? There's only two. Two, two. So yeah. one's going to be looking at the other, thinking, hang on, something's not... You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, back then, you've, to turn over that much physical cash in the post office, you would have had to have had the main post office in Birmingham next to the Godfather, that big, massive one, back then, them kind of days, to have that kind of money physically there. So Horizon must have knew that at that point that there's got to be well, something yeah. wrong, so right? So when she reports, when they reported the discrepancy, next day somebody came, corrected the system, zero balance, nothing. So we didn't have to put any money in there. The subsequent years after that, £1,800 here. And over the years, it totaled up. And it only ever used to be more or the guy that used to work for her, an old guy called Brian, and then there's another guy after that called Frank. These were sold-to-the-earth people you trust with your life. So you know it's not them taking it. You know it's not you. My dad doesn't know necessarily how the system works, but he's just being asked again and again, I need some money to put in the till. Eventually, he's scratching his head as well. But somebody's, and it causes, causes, ten, it causes the tension, doesn't it? Everyone's looking at each other. So that original issue, so what I say to people, we are lucky that we didn't have to pay it back because they knew that it wasn't physically possible that it could have happened. So over the years, with the smaller amounts, totally, like, 
So you'll hear examples where people have said that the loss was getting bigger and bigger. That's where like 20, 30 odd grand and then they're coming in and they're doing their audits. Where's the money? And you hear and all the stories you're hearing about are similar to that. Whereas ours was, we just kept putting it in. We just kept balancing it. So you've got, so the, as you're still, you know, I'm conscious obviously not uh, to kind of get figures out at this bit, but you're still working through figures that you've even going dating back almost 20 yeah. years now. In terms yeah, so of our accountants now checking back from when my dad first engaged in his services what he used to record in the accounts as losses up to the point when I took over because I've got what I've recorded. I don't know what dad right. used to declare or record. So we're trying to right. get as much evidence together as possible to go to them and say, thank you very much. Essentially, if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's just that feeling of in your head at some point, you thought your wife's stealing from you or your mum's stealing from you or you're stealing from each other because it's your money at the end of the day. You, you know, as siblings, uh, as you're growing up, you know, if yeah. there's a pound on the floor, you fight into the death of it, right? You know, you know, you know, it's yeah. but as an adult, knowing that your family, your dad, your mom, your parents, right, are trying to build up a, a business. They're yeah, also yeah. trying to bring up a young family. And then, you know, you just I know you kind of glossed over it, but you know that there's tensions between them because it can well, only go with children. We, we remember it in the back of our heads. It happening. Won't talk for days on end. Don't wake your dad up. Don't tell your mum this. You don't think nothing, nothing. But as an adult, when you're married yourself, you know what that means, don't you? <laughs> well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it happens to us all. But then when you think about it, and you think that was the cause of it, we're a microcosm of this problem. Think about the people now that you that, that are in the programme that, that you've been talking about or that you've heard about that went to prison. Or lost and lost, lost everything, and this is why I say we're 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 lucky because we didn't get prosecuted. We didn't we didn't lose or have to go bankrupt or have that kind of problem. But it's the mental toll it takes on people individually and their families. So people have sacked employees as well because of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly because 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 as a um, a couple couple couple. Or um, you're going to back each other as as a husband and wife, right? Mm. And all of a sudden, then you're not sure about the staff, and then you start building up a little bit of doubts within who you're going to do, yeah. how you employ, and then your relationship. Whether you say you're an angel or not, I don't I don't believe that 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 works within there, right? So, how do you then? Build up that reassurance that everything's fine. Do you know what I mean? You like, how do you keep yeah. that camaraderie, the the oh, so, culture within there? Right, you just broke up. Then just say that again. Sorry. I was just saying, you know, between um, between a husband and wife, ah, okay, yeah. you can still have a, you can still have a working relationship in in, in um, when you're at work, for example, right? But when you've got staff and you know that are oh, you're you're second guessing them, you're not trusting them. That's going to take on its toll within a within a within. A, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so I get where you're coming from. So let let's say the problem happened last week. You checked everything. You've done everything. You checked cameras. You've checked your transaction logs. You've checked everything you can possibly check. And you come to the you come to the conclusion that they've been with you since since day one, right? 
and you know what they're like, the personality, the people they're like, you know what their lives are like. And then as time goes on, you don't forget about it, but it doesn't become so forward in your thought process because nothing else has happened. Problem is when it happens in 18 months' time or two years later, you go through it all over again. And I'll give you one example now. One, one of the staff that took over working in the post office with me when I took over, she's been, she was with us. She retired this, just back in the last year. She was with us for 18 years. She was with my dad when he died. That's how close she was to us as a, as a family, as a friend as well, and as an employee. And at some point, you're looking at that person thinking these things because of these people, what they've done. But even to the point that when your dad died, he was still there were still those losses happening within the system as well, isn't that yeah. right? Yeah. So what? I, so I, I, they they were classic or old classic is your micro dosing your own accounts. Your so let's say it's come through two hundred and fifty pounds short. Where is it? I don't know. You've checked everything. You've done everything. It's, you you either tell them that you're carrying a loss. They're going to take it out your wages anyway. So you put it in. So at that point, there were little rumours and murmurs about right, people having problems. Dad didn't really think too much of it, so we left it. And then over the years, as, as I've become more aware of the problem, it's only this week I've really just looked and thought, it's us as well. Did, um, you know, in terms of, you know, when your dad kind of like, obviously I'm not speaking for him at, that, at, at this point, you know, but like, he doesn't really want to advertise the fact that there's things going on in there. Uh, of course you don't. Yeah, so he's he's yeah. keeping that trauma as as uh, himself, as a married as a family, as a business. Yeah. So if there's a, so, even to this day now, if if let's say something happened today in the business, I tell the staff what they need to know to do their job about themselves and about what we're doing now, what's going on on the shop floor. Um, if if there's been a problem and it's cost us a thousand pounds. I'm not advertising the fact to the staff. A, you don't want to give them an opportunity to potentially exploit that. And B, you don't want to put that stress and pressure on them either. So you kind of do it yourself, really, don't you? Mm. That that's what he did. And he and he and he passed away not, not knowing. knowing not knowing. Yeah. yeah, correct. Which which is galling in itself that he's had these thoughts. And not had the resolution that I've known and that my mum's got now, and that other people are getting. So that that's the thing that's really irked me. This week I've been addicted to listening to everything, trying to listen and absorb as much as I can people's stories, information about the case and what's been going on, the trials and all that kind of that I've not known before. I still can't watch the program. You still haven't had time to kind of process it no, in, no. well because yeah, you, no, you got history you've had your whole life rewritten for you in a week in 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 that in that microcosm yes so i had a phone call yesterday actually after your angry i had a phone call with my doctor he had the same problem it's very similar in terms of husband and wife operation very busy post office they kept putting it in kept putting it in had the audit i said it sure to put it in and then that's all the business eventually but then he's watched the program, and I said to him, Judge, it's you as well. But I'm, I'm going to send you the form, go through it with Judgey, see what they say. 
I can remember him talking to my dad about the same thing then as well. So have you is there is there somebody who's reaching out to you to go for it from them or is it how is it what's happened is I've reached out to mum's federation rep and said this is what me and mum spoke about what's your he said based on what's going on let's say before the the ITV program this is the process that's in place this is the document fill it in there's a specific person within the federation that's helping people with it and that person within the federation will go through your document with you uh, make sure it's as complete as possible and put it forward to post office for, re for review. So that's what he's that's what people are gonna do. So it, it's it's not a process where and this and this is where the government and the post office are complicit because obviously irrespective of the political party, the minister and the um, yeah the minister and I forget forget the other phrase for the government person, but they've been hesitant to be proactive because they know. It's going to cost up nearly, it's got to be touching hundreds of millions, whether it be compensation or repaying that money back. So that money, until this week, they have thought about doing it the cheapest way possible. Whereas if in the beginning they'd have spent the money they spent on litigation, which is hundreds of millions of pounds of taxpayer money, paid people properly to begin with, it, it could have been dealt with by now. Then equally, you wouldn't have had the hundreds of people now that are going to come forward. It's going to cost them hundreds of millions of pounds more still. In the in the documentary, they go through and all various different kind of versions yeah. that are out there uh, with people covering. They went to the extreme lengths of how they were monitoring people um in how people how people operate within the post office whether yeah. uh, whether it's actual postie standing still um this kind of huge pressure network of like optics and uh, and data around it yeah. so they they knew that the, a lot of these things were happening at certain levels of that organization what do you think is going to happen now to them? Well, what I would like to happen, what's going to happen to different things. And I'll say, in our lifetime, look backwards. You had Grenfell most recently. You've had what will now be another scandal that will become wider now about the blood contamination scandal. They took 40-odd years to publicly admit what happened at Hillsborough. So basically they waited till the people that could and should be prosecuted to have either died or not be able to stand prosecution anymore. How far back do you want to keep the, the Birmingham Six? How far do you want to keep going back to keep finding? When the wind rush, how they're doing that process. And when you look back and look at what could and should happen, every time you realise the government's got their hand on it. They spend money litigating it because me and you can't afford to spend the money they're spending to fight us to get our justice, which is what the post office have done to these people now. They've tried to outspend them. They've tried to keep them down as much as possible to try and get them to give up. And luckily for us, these people didn't give up because the investors you spoke about that pocketed the £48 million, whereas the 555 were left with about £5 million, about £20,000 each, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like that have, have realised there's something in this now. So they've got investments, fight it on their behalf. 
because there's money in it. The money's what's driven it. So money's driving them to pay out the least amount possible now. And now it's got all this prominence. What should happen is in the disclosure, oh, through, through the inquiry now, and with the parallel police investigation, they should find who knew what when and see there's complicit action in the post office in Fujitsu of people knowing and suppressing, which hopefully leads to legal prosecutions against individual people. Did I know you, you briefly touched on it um, at the beginning here? You've spoken to other people. What are some of the um, worst stories that you've heard that, in terms of from impact of, from this? Uh, I think the worst ones are broadly known about in the media. The first time I heard of a gentleman, this specific person, was this week hearing about his story, which obviously may have been known about before. But it was somebody very similar to, say, myself, people that I know who will have either inherited or have worked in a family business that's been built up by parents and grandparents, whether it be convenience stores, property, whatever it might be. And then at some point, they've had a post office. And this guy, in that example, had had properties and businesses. And in one of them, I think he had a post office. Okay. Same process. The shortages, they've come. They've done the audit. I forget the, 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 the gentleman's name, but they've said, right, you owe us this. And through that process, they prosecuted him. And the racial disparity in sentencing has been evident he had the largest sentence out of everybody for what is a comparable amount to other people who got far lesser sentences. And in that process, he, he spoke about his mental trauma, himself, his wife, his children, his mom and dad, lost all of his rental properties. I think he lost all of his businesses because of this. The amount he had to repay, forfeiture orders, seizure orders, having to sell everything, then, and as much as we like to say as, as modern Dubbies or Indians, or you say that we don't care what other people think, but when your name's been sullied, it weighs heavy on you. And that's, that, that's almost a burgeoning thing. When lot my dad's reputation locally, within our family, he was ahead of, of our larger family, if his name had been sullied or ruined because of this, then it would have destroyed him. And I can only think how it's making me feel now, how it made him feel then. That particular gentleman's story is one example of hundreds of other people as well. And that one really touched me on. Yeah, you know, I was just saying, you know, we, we just discussed it in terms of like trying to keep things in house, but rumors go out, it goes in the yeah, community, things are going on there, and then you lose trust. How much how much money can you put on? Losing the trust of a business with its with its customers, you know, it's... you can't. You, you you can't because what he said was because the post office was closed, the retail business was operating within it. But because back then your footfall was a lot higher for the post office, it would be added benefit to your retail business. That took a hit. Then obviously it was reported what happened to him. That had a detrimental impact because of the way people didn't trust. Him. The business, his wife was struggling to keep up running the business. Then it wasn't making enough to cover the overhead, so that's closing. He lost everything from his reputation. Wow, 
Onka, it, I, I just, it I never really, gets easier, mate. It only, it only gets heavier and harder. The more you yeah. hear from other people, it's shocking, mate. And and the thing is, is this is just the start of the story now, isn't it? And and how and how things are going to come out more and more. So I'm sure, you know, if we spoke in six months' time, there's going to be so much other revelations that are going to come out. Will be. And, and, and that... the thing that's annoying me is, so politically, current government, they know what's potentially going to happen this year in the election. They've looked at this as an opportunity to do something quickly to get a quick political win, in my opinion, because since 2019, this has been going well. At the same, we're no further ahead knowing anything majorly since 2019 to today. So what's different 2019 to today? The ITV programme has put it in people's conscious and minds, and now they've realised, shit, yeah, that's a real quick win. If we do this, we'll look like the good guys. You're the same people that have been fighting them for the last 15 years, but to put them down. Now, all of a sudden, you want to be their friend. So just for people out there, is those systems still in place now? Like, is that, that software, or has it been taken out? Or... No, right. So this is a question I've tried to ask. So I've been on LBC, I've been on Five Live, and I've, asked, I've, I've tried to ask the same question. Nobody's given me an answer. So if you can get an answer, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> How can I trust that system that Mum still uses to this day, which is Horizon, is... is Correct. That it's not got bugs, that it's not faulty. How do I know that today? Because we've got a live issue right now that we're dealing with now. To do with reconciliation of uh, lottery. It's about 1,500 quid. So we're going through the process now of line by line, checking, ticking. Whereas before, I said to him, just, it, it can't be wrong. Just just do it, pay it. Now, because of this, I said, no, get all the paperwork out, check it line by line. How do I know that's not the system again? But so far, everything we've done is correct. See, right now, today, the same system is being used. How do I, not, I'm not the postmaster, but how do the postmasters that are operating the system now know that it's not faulty now? Because you don't trust them, you don't believe them, so, yeah, it's still being used right right now. Wow. Anka, I really appreciate you taking time out for, for this. No worries. Uh, I've got one other one for you as well. Go for it. Go there. So currently, Nick Reed is the person in charge of the post office, right? Right, okay. So when I've, I spoke to a, a journalist and asked him to look at his work history. Right. So before post office, he left NICER, and his behaviour at NICER, which I've got experience of, because that's who our main supplier is, was found to have authorised the payment of bonuses, which the board had voted not to pay. So he exceeded his remit in paying these bonuses. And when exposed by people, he was then asked to leave, which he then did. He's then gone to the post office and instigated a bonus culture, which he had done at his previous employer, into the post office, and then had to climb down from introducing a bonus scheme which incentivised people's compliance with the investigations, which is their legal duty to do anyway. So when he's already been paid part of this money, 
He's made this big thing about paying it back. Paid it about seven or eight thousand. His remuneration package bonus toll about eight hundred fifty thousand. This person that's been lauded by some journalists as an okay guy is not. Okay. He's there to do his job and to maximise his earning potential at the cost of the people that are working for him. And he's he's bring he's brought that culture there with him. And he is another example of somebody who, at other people's expense, could have and should have made more information readily available. Because today, the lawyer has said they have complied with, I think, between 1.9 and 2.4% of requests for data. So when, so when your solicitor is saying, I want this data, that's the number of data, that's the percentage they've physically given over. I just can't see where this ends. The more you think about it and how far it goes and the emotional stress, the reputations, the trust issues around it, I just, I just don't know. I just, I just don't know. I I don't, I've got any words to kind of explain or kind of have any relevancy what you're saying. Fortunately, however long you do your podcast for, this is the topic you'll talk about now. Let, let's say you talk to somebody else and somebody else, and let's say in, in a year's time, you go back and review it. By that time, something else will have happened that will make you feel the same way. And it shouldn't keep happening. But it's going to happen. Some Something else will happen again, and it will happen again and again and again. And it will always be the same people being impacted by the same, and having it done to them by the same people. So that's where we are currently, unfortunately. Okay, honestly, I can't say anything. I've been, I mean, no, people I to the, watching this and real will be fully supporting you on, you know, what, what, what how, how, how far we go and keeping people updated. But um, I really appreciate you taking the time out and um, thank you, Anka. I really appreciate it. Thank you to yourself and thanks for the opportunity to, to speak and let people know, really. That's all we can ask for. Thank you very much. Take care. Cheers.